Look, yeah. this is the the. This is, I don't know if I should get too real here, bro. No, I'm not worried at all. I rely on God, Allah. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulullah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to both all our viewers and to our special guest, Sheikh Uthman Farooq. Welcome, Sheikh, to an in-person podcast live with each other. Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillah. Uh, beautiful. Alhamdulillah. Great to be here. I know we had uh, podcasts uh, that were streamed and we were both in different cities. Yes. But this is uh, a dream come true. Alhamdulillah. So we, we have to really thank the Sheikh. Uh, he took out time, uh, I think it was almost a year ago, right? Where we had the online uh, podcast and that was not enough, Sheikh. That's not enough. We, we had to meet together physically for the sake of Allah SWT. And there was something important that we discussed in that podcast. Very important. There was something important, and we have to address that today, right now, at this moment. And that is, how does Sheikh Uthman like his tea? And is the tea sahih, right? Is it, is it, is the tea? All the shuru. Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it a daif tea or? Yeah. Yeah. So. The balance between milk and, and the tea. The sugar content—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a lot. It's hard to do. So, yeah. so we wanted to fulfill that promise because we don't believe in just making willy-nilly promises and throwing out Sheikh. Oh, when you come, we're going to give you tea. No, no, no. no. We're going to give you tea, and inshallah, we can hold—you know—uphold that uh, level and standard that that, uh, that we talked about. Yes. So. Um, it's been a little while, Sheikh. He let me know because we'll warm it up right away. But if uh, you know, I might we'll take with the points tea. away for that. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> 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 All right. So let's uh, let's start this up. Bismillah. All right. Color looks good. All right. So I really hope this is warm. If not, we'll warm this up right away. So let's try this Feels out. Warm. Is it? Let me know. Yeah. Smell is good. Smell, okay. right, gotta make sure. Okay. The moment of truth. You know, three sips is sunnah, right? Odd number. It's yes? good. Is it? Is it's it good? good? It's good. Is it warm, warm enough? It's warm. Or it's warm enough? Okay, okay. Alhamdulillah. So, uh, you have did fulfilled we, did, your word. Did we have fulfilled our? And our Allah, obligation and our reputation. May Allah reward you and the one who made it. All right. Jazam <laughs> Let's see. We try to tailor it for your taste, Sheikh. This is the first cup of good tea I've had in Canada. Really? Okay. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. That's why. I think if I came to Canada before and offended somebody you, right can, now. Can, but, can you uh, taste the spices in there, Sheikh? I, like, can, I there can. is a yeah, There yeah. is a variety of different spices besides, uh, you know, some of the other ones that you, we spoke about this last night. This reminds me of the tea we have in our masjid. Okay. Yeah. So okay. the 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 flavor balance is very close, mm. uh, but not quite as in mm. case the brother who makes it our masjid is watching. Mm. Okay. Um, but it's it's close to that, yeah. Okay, it's, uh, that's good. It's well made. It's mm. balanced well. Mm. So I'm I'm happy. Okay. And you have fulfilled your promise. Alhamdulillah. That's as believers, we want to fulfill our obligations, and uh, I'm glad we were able to meet that standard for you and represent and keep the respect for Canada. So we're representing hopefully all Canadian Muslims. We brought our tea game. Our chai game is strong. 
Alhamdulillah. I also limits. have coffee. So once you're done with this, oh, you tell me what you, you think about that coffee. If you like coffee, then yes. that's going to be a big win for Canada. Okay. So, so you know, the Sheikh is the converting people on the streets. And we're gonna get them to go, <laughs> convert to coffee convert as well. Convert to coffee, oh, yeah. that, right. That's gonna be a hard one. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll see if we can pull off the impossible. In the T Olympics, right now, yeah. you guys are ahead of the game. Okay, right? alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. So European brothers, yeah. step up your game. Yeah. Inshallah, well. when I come to visit the UK, inshallah, it's in the works. I don't know when, but when I do, yes. you're gonna have to compete with this. Yeah. I, I don't think they'll be able to compete, Sheikh. I, I, oh, did you guys I, hear that? You know, I, I, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> because I'm not a, by nature, I'm not an arrogant person. But a person has to speak the truth. And if the truth is that your game, there's levels to this game, Sheikh. There's levels there's to this a, there, game. And if they're not on your level, you have to just, you know, so avoid disappointment. And there's a time and place, right? Yeah. Like Abu Dujana, yeah. radiallahu yeah. anhu, yes. wasn't arrogant either, but there was a time he had to strut, you yeah. know? Yeah, so, exactly. You know, sometimes you got to be like the challenges out there. Yes, I mean, and you know, at life haq, we have to speak the haq. It's haq. Uh, and Sheikh, I want to start off with um, actually recalling and reminiscing of something that happened with us last night, mm. okay? So, uh, inshallah to kind of preface this with the audience. Last night, uh, I met the Sheikh for the first time in person. Of course, we met, you know, online. And uh, the Sheikh was traveling since 3 a.m., right? Yeah, we left. Uh, I left my house in San Diego from 3 a.m., got to the brother's house who drove me. May Allah reward him. Abed, uh, so about four, we left his house and then uh, we drove to Los Angeles straight, got on a flight, I think like took off like at 7 a.m., mm. didn't sleep because it was, <laughs> don't ask, right? Yeah. Uh, got to Vancouver, changed flights. The flight from Vancouver to Edmonton was packed 100%. Like wow. people were waiting, so didn't sleep on the plane. Uh, then got out. Uh, Basically, my Allah reward the brother who came pick me up from the airport. Uh, you know, went, changed clothes at the hotel, didn't sleep at all, went straight out. So, and did you eat at all that day? I did not. Yeah, okay, yeah, so uh, so Canadian you, Airlines gives you nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, unfortunately <laughs> airline food as well. Uh, yeah. But um, so Sheikh hadn't been eating all day. Uh, he's traveling since three a.m. Uh, it's, I think, probably around 7.30 p.m. By that time, we started, we ordered food at the restaurant and then, you know, obviously wait for the food to come. And so uh, you couldn't tell that. By the way, Sheikh, you are very youthful and uh, you have a lot of energy. SubhanAllah, I'm glad yeah. you said that because yeah. recently one yeah. Christian preacher told me I look 57, man. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, on, I'll tell you something. I Like... So I only had it in my heart, and I only said it in my mind. No one else knows about this. But before we had our online interview, I remember uh, seeing a video of you pop up on my feed online. Mm. And I was saying to myself, I'm like, mashallah, that young man has a lot of uh, skills. <laughs> he has a lot of passion, you know. And I, and I didn't know where you were giving dawah from. And I thought, oh, is he in Toronto, right? <laughs> and then I started, like, paying closer attention to the video. And... Um, SubhanAllah, like, you know, I got to know, okay, you're in San Diego, and actually, Sheikh Mashallah has a lot of great qualifications, uh, amazing life experiences, and has uh, dedicated a you know, significant portion of his life to study the deen. Uh, family man, kids, you know what I mean? So accomplished, right? 
And uh, we're actually not too far in age, Sheikh, by the Mashallah. way. So, you know what I mean? How come you look so, much so we're both 40 plus. 40 plus club year, okay? You just turned 40. Right? No, no, no. <laughs> so you're we're the 40, but you're pretty young for 40. So, you look young. Yeah, no, no. I'm very close oh, in your age, young. Sheikh. So we're both in the 40 plus uh, club. And um, and uh, when I saw you, Sheikh, I'm like, for traveling all day, being hungry, Sheikh was very warm, very energetic, and he's very youthful, okay? So um, we're sitting, uh, you know, we've met for the first time. And on an aside, Sheikh, you tell me, because I feel this, I've been telling the brothers this um, for many years. I said the dawah keeps you young. You know what I mean? <laughs> what, do you say, uh, what do you say about that? Wallahu alam. I'll tell you this, man. Before yeah. those uh, Christian preacher debates, yeah. man, I didn't have any white hairs. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, think, I think as a Muslim, when you are involved in dawah, mm. as every Muslim should be, it gives you purpose, right? Mm. And when you have purpose and you're working for a greater cause, I think that keeps you young because you are you are motivated, you're energetic, you're moving, mm. you got a goal, you know? Mm. I think when you people just kind of sit and get into a rut and they don't really do anything mm. other than just, okay, work, home, for kuffar, then maybe like club, bar, mm. home, sleep, you know? I think that kills you. I think that ages you. I think it, it, mm. it rusts you. Because mm. that's just it's just you know think of it like this like you know if you got a if you got a bike or something and you just sit it there mm. uh, it's it's gonna start rusting it's gonna start falling apart but if you're using it mm. and when you're using it then you're gonna have to you know oil it you're gonna have to keep it right you know if you're doing that well, you're gonna have to keep your mind fresh mm. right uh, not just that well, if you're memorizing Quran if you're te- memorizing Mutun you're teaching your mind has to be busy mm. right. If you're learning, like let's say a lot of brothers for da'wah, then they learn Arabic, right? You're learning a new language or you learn French or you learn another language for da'wah. You're exercising your mind, you're growing, you're getting all kind of questions, you're researching, you're going to the ulema, you're coming back, your mind is active. I think all of that put together definitely keeps mm-hmm. you fit and young and active, mashallah. Can we see that in the life of our Rasul and the Sahaba? Like, you know, mm-hmm. them, we see narrations of, for example, Rasul you know, being older, racing with his wife, Aisha, running, yeah. uh, the Sahaba being in the battlefield, you know, at old age, you know, Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib, uh, you know, radiallahu anhu, and, you know, Umar telling these older Sahaba, you got to run, you know, on the horse, jump on the horse, yeah. don't just... You know, right, <laughs> yeah. so do we see that in the life? SubhanAllah, we do. Yeah. And uh, Rasul alayhi salatu salam, you know, even towards the end of his life and he's in his, you know, 60s, you see him physically very, uh, I mean, capable and able. And you see the Sahaba like Anas ibn Malik and Abu Musa al-Ash'ari and others, uh, very, very advanced in their age doing things that our young men couldn't do today. Mm. We see older Sahabiyat, yani when you look at the Battle of Khaybar and what happened with the, uh, don't want to go too detailed into it, but you see women from the Sahaba that were older of age that physically were very strong. Mm. Right? Even if you look at Aisha and all that she accomplished, even in her older age, teaching and brain-wise, I mean, memorizing and recalling a hadith accurately, uh, it's amazing, mm. it's amazing physically, Mentally, uh, they lived very full lives. Mm. You know? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed them. And even till today, we're looking the, at them as examples. I mean, just look at the prayer of the Prophet If we look at his age at the time, Aisha reports the hadith. 
So that means this is going to be the time in Medina. It's not Mecca, it's not early, right? And it's going to be towards the later part because now the five salawat are all fard, all that has happened. And she's saying that he would pray the majority of the night, mm-hmm. every night, right? Mm-hmm. Our young men in Taraweeh and Ramadan, when we, we don't pray all night, mm-hmm. but you know, when we make uh, you know, the longer uh, salawat after Isha, they can't handle it. Mm-hmm. A young, I'm talking about teenagers, can't mm-hmm. handle it. Mm-hmm. Imagine being, you know, let's say 50 plus and praying that much. Then eating very little. Rasul used very little. Months would pass, the fire would not be lit, meaning nothing was cooked. So what was their food? Aisha, I think the famous hadith explains, the aswadan, the two uh, black things, which is date and water. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting, just on a side note, mm-hmm. why is water called black here? So the two black things, mm-hmm. dates and water. Because Arabi has a style where you give the sifa of one to the other. Mm. So dates are black. Water is not black. Some mm. people think there was like black water or something. Mm. No, mm. Uh, but this is this is all they had to eat. Like that's mm. what Umaran, Umar, and Amr ibn Hisham was Abu Jahl Umaran. So mm. um, here, that's all they're having. Imagine mm. us. I mean, you know, we're young, right? Yeah. Um, but let's look at very young brothers, right? Yeah. Let's say like a twenty-year-old. Mm. You give him nothing but dates and water, mm. and then you tell him go fight in any in qital, like defensive. Battle, mm. actually, like you're physically mm. fighting, and then pray in the night. Mm. Can't handle it. Mm. But Rasulullah sallallahu Hamza radiallahu anhu. I mean, we look at other Sahaba, even at older ages, they were battling, mm. swords in hand, mm. eating nothing but dates, drinking nothing but water, and then praying in the nights, making qiyam al-layl, fasting in the day. In I mean, many of the battles, like Badr, mm. it happened in Ramadan, right? Amazing. And, and you don't hear complaint like narrations of them complaining. Never, never. You know? Subhanallah, yeah. you look at the Sahaba, the hadith in Sahih Muslim, uh, where they talked about when they would they were walking so much that their nails fell off. Mm. Uh, like I don't know how that happens, right? Mm. But they, they 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 were talking about the date that they would have, right? And these are other narrations that also explain the same uh, incident where they ran out of food, right? until they only had one date that they would just suck on the date. They wouldn't even be able to eat the date. Mm. And then they would keep it. And the junior Sahaba, when they're hearing this, they said, how did you do that? So the Sahaba tell them, look, we appreciated that when we didn't even have that. Mm. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought a whale that became beached and they brought it and they ate it. Mm, longer hadith. Mm. But look at that. You're walking that much that your toenails are falling off. You know, you're, 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 you have nothing to eat except just to suck on a date and put it back and save it, right? Mm-hmm. But you're physically fighting, you're physically moving. Mm. Uh, and this is something that today, if we tell somebody, hey, can you run from, and myself included, you know, mm. run from here down to the block where we're out of breath, mm. you know? So we hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we take a lot of these good habits and good characteristics from the sunnah and mm-hmm. bring them in our life. Mm. Yeah, there is definitely, I, I don't think, um, I'm not fatalistic that our new generation has lost, but I think through the Sunnah we can revive their potential of this new generation. I like you know being being obviously you know older. I do uh, you know some types of leadership development tarbiyah camps for um, our youth, and there are young men who are much younger than me, should be much more energetic and fit than me, 
and they can keep up with our morning exercise. So we every morning we would have uh, you know we, we'd have fajr and then tafsir classes and Quran memorization, and then we go straight into workout. And so then we go into the workout. We do this outside. So it's a little bit you know cooler, uh, you know, in the morning and whatnot. And I, I still remember to this day <laughs> we're we're doing this push-up thing. So we do part of the exercise. We're doing these push-ups, and so we do Bismillah Allahu Akbar, right? So Bismillah we go down, Allahu Akbar, we go back up. So I, I'm yelling this while I'm doing it because right. anything I ask them to do, I'm doing it. I'm not right. asking them to do something. I'm not doing. So I remember I'm doing this, and then one of the guys starts yelling. He's like asking for mercy. He's like, "Doctor Sayyid, please stop!" <laughs> right? Like yelling. I'm like, I'm like, I'm more tired than you right? because I have to yell to right? all of you so exactly. you can hear me, right? But you know, Subhanallah. Like, and I, th- I was thinking to myself, like, this is the age where you yeah. should have the most right. energy, uh, you know, the most uh, strength and durability. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right now, if we were to run into this wall, you know, like we're out. You yeah. know, that's done. Yeah. You're you're 1920. You can run on this wall. You just bounce. Your bones just back. Your bounce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're just supposed to bounce back up, right? Uh, so, um, yeah, no, I I I wholeheartedly uh, agree with uh, you. And you I know? also agree with you. There's yeah. many youth, mashallah, that are doing great. Mm. Uh, we have some young brothers in San Diego, younger than me, mashallah, mm. uh, and others, uh, and they know who they are. Mm. Uh, may Allah reward them. They have mm. done a great job of also motivating me to mm. be in better shape and stuff mm. because my lifestyle is obviously, you know. It's crazy busy, so mm. you know. But uh, but that's a great point. And Subhanallah, last night at dinner, you know, the incident that you were talking yeah. about really, really made me think a lot. You know? yeah. But let's, no, yeah, let's no. So we're so you. we're 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 getting to the meal now. So we yes. ate, mashallah, And how would you rate that meal? Was it a good Amazing. meal? Okay, that, so th- that lamb. Mm. I, I don't know how they made it, yeah. but it was uh, one of the tastiest lambs I've ever had in my yeah. life. So Not for, just in Canada. So, so for those of you who saw the picture on social media and were wondering, yes, it was a Somali restaurant. Because when you see bananas on the table <laughs> and you see an endless supply of mango juice, you don't even have to think twice. You don't have to yeah, ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Somali, right? Yeah. So um, alhamdulillah, the food was amazing. So we're eating the food, conversation. And then um, I hear from the back, of, you know, from behind me, somebody saying, Y'all, you guys, t- Taliban? Hey, you guys, Taliban? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so somebody starts saying, uh, if we're Taliban, right? Mm. And he starts talking about, uh, I forget what he was saying in regards to that. He was saying was, you know, a bunch of random statements, right? So yeah. This is the thing, you know, as Muslims, we face sometimes what we see as a racial slur, discriminatory statement. Like many Muslims, mm. if they're somewhere and somebody tells them, are you Taliban, are you whatever other terrorist organization mm. or that, they, they get very offensive. Mm. They, they get offended, they get defensive, they get mm. uh, kind of scared, you know? Mm. When I heard him, I, I he was yelling mm. as you were there, mm. right? And, uh, but, but I didn't take offense to it. Yeah, you know, no, you're the sheikh, you yeah. were very cool. Yeah. And actually the sheikh invited him and he said, come talk to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, SubhanAllah, and when you did that, sheikh, uh, I don't know if you noticed the, this man's demeanor. He's a young man, he's like a 20, he's 20 yeah, years old. 20 years old. Uh, his demeanor changed because he was very hyperactive. Yeah. And when he sat down beside you, he started to calm down. Yeah. Immediately he started to calm down and he started, you know, still saying a lot of different things, yeah. but it's like, Sheikh, you had this way of 
kind of getting him to go for all these different tangents and kind of bringing him yeah. um, to the dawah. So how did you do that? How did you kind of calm him down and bring him to the dawah? So first thing, uh, I mean, everything good is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I personally am not a good debater. I'm not a good da'i. I'm not a good speaker. I'm not a good anything. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his help and everything. Um, I, I saw his, he, his mannerism showed he was troubled, mm. right? Part of psychology, it's part of, Islamically we call it firasa, right? Uh, and people don't study firasa anymore. This is how mm. you can read somebody's face. It's not like, you know, fortune telling or something like mm. uh, Umar Radiyan had firasa. Rasulullah said that it took firasa to moment, be careful or be aware of the, the firasa of the moment. He sees with the light of Allah or the, the, uh, the eye of Allah. So you see this person and you kind of figure out who they are before you even really talk to them, mm. right? Imam Shafi'i, for example, he went and studied Firasa. So looking at him, I realized he's troubled. So I wasn't, I wasn't afraid that he was going to attack me, even though, mm. I mean, you saw his mannerisms were a little bit hostile in the beginning, right? Mm. His, you know, he was talking about some gang stuff and I've lived that life. So I wasn't, I, I told mm. him, come, come, sit down, talk. A chef First was thing, cool, cool as a cucumber. What are you going to do, right? Yeah. What's he going to do? Yeah. Kill me? So what? Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I haven't, uh, you know, subhanAllah, yeah. we've faced all these threats. In my youth, we used to go through these things. And I'm, I'm going to be open, you know, mm. with you here. You know, when I was young, growing up in a bad neighborhood, in a bad environment, didn't have Muslim friends and all that, we were involved in gang world and all this. So we knew people that got killed for wearing a color. Mm. We knew people that got killed for the name of a neighborhood that they didn't own, didn't have anything to do with, or the name of a street or a gang. And, and we used to wear clothes that would attract negative attention from the law enforcement, from uh, other gangs, from everybody. And we didn't care because we were so caught up in it. And now mm. I think to Islam, we have the truth. Mm. I mean, this is not about uh, like, like Crips and Bloods, blue and red. Who cares about your color, mm. right? 18th Street and Mara Salatruce and this and mm. that. East Los, do you own East Los Angeles? No, you mm. just represented some, mm. you know, <laughs> some bank owns those houses right yeah, there. So, yeah. but, but people die over that stuff, mm. right? And it's foolishness. But for us as Muslims, if I'm sitting there and I'm calling towards Allah and somebody kills me, I'm shaheed, inshallah. I mean, I, I didn't do anything wrong, right? Yeah. So khalas, why? That, you know, that reminds me of the hadith of Rasulullah where he describes, you know, people are like mines, you know, like yes. mines of gold and silver. silver yeah. The best ones before Islam, yeah. they're the best in Islam if they it's believe and they have yeah. understanding, right? It's true. So, like, you know this, how you came out of this gang world, right, and you're becoming a strong force for the dawah. In my youth, too, like, I was around um, some different, you know, you could say, uh, right. types of similar personalities. And I remember looking back and I said, man, if this person had come closer to the deen, so what a strong representative. Right. You know, Sheikh, one time we were in like this kind of gang fight where it was like 50 Filipinos. So 50 Filipinos and we were 10 and we were just like Muslims. We were saying, oh, we're going to help each other Muslim, right? And so the there was one brother who was there, like one of the guys who was there, and we're outnumbered and they have guns. Wow. And he also has a gun with him too, the brother who was, who was there. But the, the command I saw from him, I've never seen him in my life uh, before that or after that. Because what he did is there, there was a beef between one of the Filipinos and his younger brother. Mm. And they were going to go at it. And if he went, it would have been very violent. Mm. 
So what he said is he started saying, okay, what's the problem? He started using his words, Mashallah. but he also had a gun with him. Right. And this, I saw the Filipino that was the most antagonistic. He had something hidden, right? Mm -hmm. And the way he commanded him, he said, just imagine, they could just go right away to violence. Right. So what do you have there? What do you have there? You want to face me, fight me, and we'll squash it. Do you have the, like he mm. made it Called them out where like he that. said like, you know, like how, how the Mubarak is like one on one yeah. and that sw solves it. Mm. He basically negotiated, we're going to fight mm. each other and whoever wins the fight, then it's squashed. This is it. Nice. We're going to squash it. So even though, and he had, the, he had a gun with him the whole time. I know he had it underneath his shirt. So they fought. He beat him up. Subhanallah. So he beat him up and he, yeah. they're 50. So out of revenge, they could have all jumped right. in, but it's okay. It's over. Mm. It's over. We're done. Nice. We're done. Nothing. Alhamdulillah. Sheikh, I, I was like astounded. I'm like, this yeah. thing could go off very violently. Yeah. And just with the command of speaking and his presence, he was able to do that. But Sheikh, then I saw him later in life and he um, didn't like, you know, he was Muslim, but he was never practicing yeah. Muslim, Sheikh. And then life just, you know how life eats yeah. you up. You know, you have a wife, wife problems, kid Nothing things, and, and it just eats you up. And I, and I look back and I'm like, man, that personality in Islam, if he had yeah. true belief, what a force he would have been right. for Islam. I'll tell you a, a story, a true story from San Diego, right? Yeah. So from, this is not like YouTube stuff, this is yeah. real. There's a brother, there's uh, a guy, so let's say, right? I, I used to be, when I left the gang world and all that, started going towards the religion, trying to study, I was going to college at the same time. I used to go try to learn how to read Quran at night. And it was a very busy lifestyle at that time. I wasn't even married. Uh, I worked as a teacher's assistant at a school. And this school in San Diego is called Mark Twain, which is a school mostly for kids that have trouble in other schools. So they're, quote unquote, the bad kids, right? Mm. Um, I was so bad in high school, they wouldn't even take me. <laughs> mm. But that's a whole different thing, right? Mm. Uh, but these kids are mostly kicked out of other schools. Uh, most of them, not all, a lot of them are gang members. Some of them, uh, interestingly, I mean, this is, uh, they have uh, high school and they also have uh, lower grades and they have a daycare. That many, mm. many of those girls have already got kids and all that. Mm. Uh, a lot of them were kicked out for drug dealing, stabbings, all that kind of stuff. I used to go wearing the thobe. Mm. Again, this is pre 9-11 and all that. So, I mean, was it? Imam, Thob, I used to go in like that. Because, you know, at that time I had like a real yeah. zeal to, you know, you're young, you're like, yeah. I'm. So I used to go in and, you know, I had, I talked to all the teachers. I used to be a TA. They were all good. So at lunch, I used to hang out with the gang members uh, who were all younger than me because I'd already graduated and all that. Uh, and they knew my rep. They knew who I was. So they had some respect. And I would try to give them dawah. Not like a very open dawah because, you know, it's mm. hard at that time. But, you know, just try to talk to him. One guy used to come there with a Bible. Mm. And this guy was like, and this is a weird term I'm going to use, but he was like a Christian Salafi, right? Mm, yeah. In the sense that he really stuck to the evidences. Yeah. All these kids were kicked out of school because of bad things. He was kicked out of school because he would take his Bible and tell girls you shouldn't dress like this. Tell people you shouldn't act like that. Mm. So started getting in trouble in school and then enough, but he wouldn't stop, so they kicked him out. So he was in this bad school, but not for being bad, for being like ultra Christian, right? Mm -hmm. And he had this Bible and it was all marked up, African-American, and uh, his name was David. I mean, we still know him, so I mean. Um, and I thought, man, if this guy became Muslim, yeah. he'd be like on it. Mm. You know, because he wasn't one of those Christians that's like, ah, you know, like, yeah. holy God. No, he would be like, 
this scriptures, this verse says this, this scripture. So you know, I started like I would be giving da'wah to the gang members, and he would be giving da'wah at the same time. And mm-hmm. it was like, and I had a rep, so they were very respectful with me. He didn't, so they would kind of mock him, you know. And, they, and gang members mm-hmm. usually didn't respect Christians because they were all and a little too feminine for them, right? Mm. So I started talking to him, and I was like, you know what, and this was a long time ago, but again, since before that I had been to churches and stuff, I knew the contradictions, I started to point out some contradictions, and you just saw his mind go, like like, like he was shocked, mm-hmm. right? And he was like, okay, I'm going to look into this, right? So I, I started talking to him a few times, mm-hmm. told him about Islam, I gave him a Quran, I told him about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oneness mm-hmm. of Allah, Showed him verses in the Bible that sh- that would contradict his belief set, mm. and he listened. Subhanallah. Uh, I mean, I left the job, got a better job, moved on. One day I came to the masjid, and there's a masjid in San Diego. It's called Masjid Abu Bakr. It's ICSD, big masjid. Mm. Uh, it used to be my local masjid. So when I walked in, in Jum'ah, I saw somebody making salah, and I just saw him from the back. But I just, you know, as I'm walking, I just see the sujood. I'm taking my shoes off. I'm getting in. And it's a long sujood. I'm like, wow, it's interesting. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's a big masjid. Don't know everybody, but mm-hmm. I made the salah. I come out, and I, the person prayed Jum'ah. I didn't see him during Jum'ah. It was a big crowd. But they were in another spot making salah. Wearing a thawb, izar, you know, like, but a long sujood again. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was putting my shoes. I was talking to brothers. And I kind of the corner of my eye, I was like, man, who is this guy? Like, I don't know him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it looks like a beautiful salah. After a while, I just stood there, I just waited, you know, I said, let me see who it is, you know, because I don't know him. When he got up, subhanAllah, the same guy. Mm. And I was like, David? He was like, nah, Dawood. Wow. SubhanAllah, he became yeah. Muslim. Wow, mashallah. Now, I was like, how did you become Muslim? He's yeah. like, you, the Quran you gave me, the things you pointed out, wow. you triggered it, but then you left. So I had a Mexican revert Muslim brother who was a friend of mine, and I told him I want to become Muslim. I took my shahada. SubhanAllah, that guy later memorized the whole Quran. Subhanallah. He became half of the Quran. Yeah. May Allah protect him. May Allah protect us. Yeah. But like you said, the best I mean, before exactly. can be the exactly. best. Do you think, you know, the, you, because of all these life experiences you've had, you've met different types of people, you're like, you haven't been insulated with just like one group of people that's giving you that farasa that you're talking about? <sighs> farasa has two aspects. One mm. is from Allah. Allah gives it to certain mm. people, right? And one is that you study it. And mm. I, uh, I studied it with ulama, yani mm. from the books of Farasa and things like this. Mm. Um, and then on top of that, of course, life experiences do mm. give you, and I mean, you, you've been through rough times as well in the street life, like your friend, mm. he learned how to negotiate. Mm. I mean, you know, if you took just those skills into like a company, oh. I mean, imagine his negotiation skills yeah. or leadership in Ummah yeah. or even in, in secular things, but those mm. things like, you know, Mm. In prison, uh, I mean, may Allah protect us all and not let us go to prison. Mm. But those shot callers on the yard, they got negotiation skills. Because mm. if they don't, you're going to have riots. And there's and more on the people. line. There's yeah, more on exactly. The line. But yeah. they pick those up, right? Yeah. I'll tell you, I can walk into any neighborhood and, and kind of get a feel of what the uh, threat level is. Mm. And I, I've been to like other countries that are dangerous countries, right? Yeah. But because... Of, I had lived the street life. I, I, I have that already, like, you know, because I'm always looking around. I know exits and things mm. because in, in that world, you had to be aware of these things. Mm. So, of course, that's true. And then when you travel and you meet people from different cultures, uh, it, it really grows you as a person, mm. you know. Mm. And that's why I love traveling. I love to go to places. I love to so meet like people. So, like, at the, the Dawah booth, as soon as you see somebody, can you 
already tell you, I know what this guy's about. Usually, I know this, yeah. this, is, this, is, this guy's going to be like a Christian and he's going to debate me with Christianity or this guy's an atheist, he's going to come. Yeah. Uh, or this guy's sincere or he, this guy's just going to waste my time. You know what yeah. I mean? Usually, yes. Some things yeah. throw you off. Like, yeah. you know, we don't, we don't have the knowledge of the unseen yeah. or something. Right? But, but I'm saying like as a, like you get you the can. feeling. You have definitely, more right definitely. than wrong. You sometimes know what I mean? you see yeah. people and you're like, ah, this guy's going to waste my time. But sometimes yeah. you still give him that one because yeah. you, it's like some people tell us, why do you waste your time with this guy? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. it is not upon us except to convey the clear message, but that is upon us mm. to put the hujjah on them, right? Mm. So sometimes you know this guy's going to waste your time. Like the, like the recent, you've seen a lot of the uh, OMF videos, you'll see mm. those Christian booths that came out there just to uh, try to stop our da'wah and things. Those guys, they're just out there to waste time. I know. Mm. But we still had to fulfill the haq of the da'wah upon them, expose mm. their lies. Uh, you know, and now we just leave them alone, fine, you know. But mm. Some people you come and you just see the sincerity on their face. Like mm-hmm. you can see that they're really sincere. Some people, you know, some people come and you can you can see hostility on their face, right? Mm-hmm. And you try to adapt your da'wah style to them. Mm-hmm. Like some people come, like you'll see sometimes I get a little rude with people and people mm-hmm. get, you know, oh, why are we rude? Because sometimes you have to. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you tell people, go walk your little doggy. Yeah. If you've seen that video or not. No, 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 I haven't seen you it. you got to watch that one. No, but so I did see the one too. where, you know, that man, he was a little bit condescending. Mm-hmm. To tell you the truth, he came up to you and he said, I want to welcome you to my yes, country. That's recent, right? Yeah. I just want to reach out and say, I was at the Pakistan border. I've, I've had, I've, I've had rockets. And, and I, I invite you here Thank to my country. You are welcome here. Thank you. Let me give you a hug. I appreciate I that. And just to uh, let you know, it's my country as well. And I don't need an invitation to be here. You. And right. you don't need to share with yeah. me. I'm a U.S. citizen, raised in San Diego. I welcome you to San Diego. Thank you. Uh, Iron I'm, Mike. Right. And I have. I <laughs> don't, try to don't, go to... don't think you own this country. Uh, Every uh, American is equal in their citizenship. Yes. I, Thank you I, very I, much. Thank and you know interestingly enough Sheikh, you know certain like um soft i would say inferiority complex muslims got upset with that yeah and i'm like would you accept the opposite like if somebody went to like somebody who's brown or like ethnic looking goes up to a white person i want to welcome you to my country you would say okay this person is crazy right you would say, oh, why is, he, why is he saying that to him? Why is he being so mm-hmm. condescending to him? But when it happens to you, oh, we should accept it. Because I saw some Muslims, unfortunately, they're saying, oh, he was just trying to be nice. <laughs> no, 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 he's not trying to be nice. He knows what he's doing. Exactly. So, so yeah. let me give you some background there. I mean, yeah. and, and a lot of those videos, sometimes people don't know the context as well. So this guy was a part of that group. Okay. Right? It's not okay. like he just walked off the street. Oh, okay, right? so it's like a backhanded compliment. That's what you're trying to do. It, like, it, yeah. it really was not even a compliment. It was really... So this guy, uh, uh, you know, he came to our, our booth before them okay. from the same group. Yeah. Right? So meaning this is a Christian group who has been planted in San Diego just to disrupt our Dao. Subhanallah. So, and even the main guy... Um, he's not from San Diego. They moved him there. Mm. Somebody financed it, bought all those... Tents and posters yeah. that they're with my picture on them and all that. Oh, right? really? Oh, yeah, they have this poster with my picture trying to, you know, so, uh, do some whatever personal attacks or whatever. It's just yeah. funny. Um, but that guy was part of that group. He came okay. and he was like, you know, I, I spent time in Afghanistan in the military, this, this, this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he condescendingly talked about Muslims coming to the U.S. as refugees. Mm. So the first thing, some context there that it wasn't like he was just trying to be nice, right? Mm. Secondly, the reason was because earlier when he came, 
And when he couldn't respond to anything from the Bible, from the contradiction, when he got tore up in his debate, mm. then he went into this, oh, you know, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm welcoming, welcoming you, so you should welcome us, and kind of a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in this part, this is after all of that, he comes, and in the end, basically, he's trying to act like he owns the country. And yeah. as if I need to get his permission yeah, to live yeah, here. Yeah. Look, yeah. this is the... the this is, I don't know if I should get too real here, bro. I want to get you guys in trouble. Haq, we're gonna get If you go back to psychology of how uh, the people that were enslaved from Africa were 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 dealt with by the by the white owners, right? Mm. Is that there would be the field slaves and the house slaves, mm. right? And the house slaves were given a little more comfortable life, mm. so they would then keep the field slaves. Uh, in check, right? That they would mm. they would rat on them. They would, you know. So so this is a, a, a trick that's been played a lot, and we have that with Muslims now, right? Mm. So certain people will give Muslims uh, any a, a label like, oh, these are progressive Muslims. These yeah. are uh, more acceptable. Yes. And those Muslims then start to soften up mm. their stances into being like that field or the house slave, right? Yeah. And that's what we see nowadays, right? Mm. So this guy came at me as if he owns this country. Yeah. Uh, he's white, right? Yeah. So his ancestors or somebody it's uh, like, come enjoy here. the air here, the land. Right. Make yourself no. at home. It's like, okay. Unless you are like native native, yeah. like, like, you know, yeah. standing bull, running horse type of native, yeah. uh, you know, unless you're that kind of like actual native to the land, mm. you don't have the right to tell me I'm welcome or not. Yeah, right? yeah. I didn't come as a refugee. Alhamdulillah, yeah. my family migrated here with you know, business visas my father You're came. outside. See, that's the thing. Right. You're outside. It's like, it's different if you welcome it in his house. No, no, no. He's you know what I mean? Like country. I know, as he's talking he about the country. It, right? Yeah, like, as if he I was raised owns the air you know, right? and the land. That guy yeah. just came to San Diego. Yeah. I'm from San Diego, yeah, right? Yeah. So you're telling me, yeah. by, by, and, and the message he's really putting out is you're not from here. Yeah. If I want, I'll kick you out. Yeah. But I'm allowing you to come to yeah, this country. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to take that from anybody. Yeah, ah, yeah. This is this is the land of Allah. I, I love how you see through that. All of the yeah. earth is Abdullah. This is the yeah. land of Allah. Allah. Yeah. This is owned by... Did, yeah. did, did, did this guy make America? Did yeah. he? No, no. Even his ancestor, whatever European country they may be from, they came here. Yeah. Right? So if my ancestors came here, or I, my parents came here, and his ancestors, we're all immigrants here, right? Mm. We're citizens, they're citizens, they have no right to talk down to us like that. And those Muslims that are like, oh, you should just be like, oh, thank you. Mm. Thank you for what? Mm. Hey, you need to welcome do, do, me. Do you think that's a little bit of like an immigrant mentality that people have? So like, they feel the like they're beholden, they're beholden to the people exactly, here right? because it, from where they came from. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and that, that's sad, you know, look. Yeah. If you migrated here, many of our revert brothers are, you know, as, as native as it gets, we have Native American reverts and all that, right? Mm. But if you migrated here, you're a part of this country now. Mm. If you're a citizen, you're a citizen. Mm. Trump's, uh, you know, grandfather, whatever, migrated here, right? So, yeah. I mean, they came from somewhere else. You know, there were people here already. They became citizen. Mm. This is, I mean, you're in Canada, but in America, or in Canada, same thing. If you're a citizen, you're a citizen. A citizen. That's it. Yeah. If you're white... Don't act like you own the place. Yeah. You know, I don't do that. Yeah. You know, but this is why, you know, we have to check this stuff. We have to stop people from talking down to us. 
And we have mm. to stop being so, oh, I just want people to like me. Mm. I just want people to mm. a- accept me. Mm. No, be who you are. Mm. And if they don't accept that, that's their problem. Yeah. You know? they, don't, they don't sit there and try to yeah. get accepted by you. Yeah. Right? And I so. think one thing that happens, you know, Sheikh, tell me what you think about this. I feel uh, they have misprioritized gratitude, you know, because I know a lot of people have come here. Uh, from different countries, war-torn, whatever. Besides talking about the geopolitical thing, that it's actually a lot of Western countries that caused that chaos there. Besides, it's safe we ignore all that. But let's say that you came here from a place that you were impoverished and you had opportunity. Who do you thank first? The country or Allah? Of course Allah. And I think that's what the misplaced, they, they misprioritize who they should be grateful to. They True. give the gratitude to the to the country in that moment rather than Allah because we know accounts of people who have come from Syria, war-torn, come here only to get killed. Yeah, yeah. San Diego, we have the same thing. Uh, we have one uh, grave in the Muslim graveyard there, it's a Kurdish brother, you know, and mm-hmm. subhanAllah, even on the grave, they have that written, this, you know, came from war, mm-hmm. you know, but died, you know, got shot, mm-hmm. killed. Uh, he was a taxi driver, you know. Mm-hmm. On top of all that, look, we, we have we appreciate everybody that's kind towards us in any which way, right? Yes. If somebody just and, but that is also part of our deen. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So it's like you thank Allah first as the highest you know, thanks, and then Allah SWT guides us to thank the people who... Like Rasulullah yeah. said, if you don't thank the makhluk, it's being unthankful to the khaliq, right? Yeah. But what does that mean? Right? doesn't mean that we, we bow our heads to people, right? Mm. doesn't mean that we sell out our religion. doesn't mean we allow anybody to get over on us or be condescending to us or mm. to look down upon us. Mm. Look, forget all that. If, if I'm going somewhere and somebody opens a door for me, mm. thank you, appreciate mm. it. No, no, that's great, right? Mm. But if I'm going into you know, a Macy's or something or a regular store and somebody opens the door and they tell me, I'll allow you to come in. Like, I'm, I'm here to buy. I got money. I'm here to buy something. Who are you to allow me? Yeah, you know, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. So this is where you gotta yeah. you gotta stand up for who you are. You yeah. gotta be. You gotta be. A, you gotta be real about it. And and when you're real, yeah. people respect you. Yeah, yeah. And when you become apologetic and timid mm-hmm. and all of that, then people walk all over you, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so this is, subhanAllah, I mean, it's a great point. And uh, barakallah fikum for bringing it up. So let's get back yeah, to yeah, our, no, so we, yeah. yeah, we're so alhamdulillah. We're talking. You're talking with the brother, and uh, so yes, no, alhamdulillah, you have a way of bringing him back down. And then you kind of very quickly got to the point because he was talking a lot of political stuff. Yeah. And uh, I noticed you you kept your eyes on the prize. You yeah. were able to get him focused on what do you believe in, yeah. right? So how did you do that? Get and and why is that important for us as Muslims in in Canada or in America or in the West? We are not here to represent any Muslim country's political agenda. Mm. We're not here to talk about the political situation in Afghanistan or Somalia or Saudi or Qatar or whatever else, right? Because those are countries, right? We are here to represent Islam, right? And we are here to defend Islam. And we're here to talk about uh, the core belief systems of Islam. That's what we represent, Mm. right? I don't care what ethnicity you are. I don't care what you are. We're Muslim. Right? That mm-hmm. is our religion. That's what unites us. So I wanted to take the conversation away from politics and on to the core belief of what... Because I saw the person was troubled. Mm-hmm. Right? I saw that himself, he, he was looking, right? Even though he was acting hostile, but in a way, it was a cry for help, mm-hmm. right? So I sat him down, told him, calm down, relax. Sit, let's talk about it, right? Mm. And he came and he sat down. You were next to him. 
And we started talking to him. And mashallah, you also spoke to him in an excellent way. And when you talk to him, he And I feel up. very social conscious even talking, Sheikh, because like I've been in the Dawah situations where like, you know, you have a plan and I know you have a plan. You know, when you're talking to someone, I'm going to take them from A to B yeah, to C. Yeah. So I was very tentative because I didn't want to throw you off no, no, your, your, your you, thing. You, That's why I wanted to just say, the Sheikh, I want to say you're, yeah. you're lucky to talk, you know you, what I mean? You complimented yeah. it excellently. Right? Yeah. So now, started to talk about him as what is his belief. Yeah. Right? And what he's looking for. And, and you know, he opened up about his alcohol, drugs, gangs. Yeah. And, you know... He's raised, you know, we talked to him for a long time that night and even afterwards we took him to his house We spoke to him in the car and I you know he's, he's raised in a rough environment and I know mm. what that's like I, mm. I understand, you know, his own father was, you know, a founding member of a gang and mm. you know he, His whole family was involved in it and you know And he was native from the Canadian like native native thing, yeah. right? And he was talking about alcoholism and drug use and you know, in front of us, he took out his alcohol bottle. He talked about the drugs he had in his pocket, and yeah. and and you made him give up his liquor, yeah, yeah. So which is amazing. That's that that to me is also very powerful because, you know, Sheikh, I think you you're almost like surgically removing the impediments to right. the shahada. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a major one is that this intoxication. But exactly. but although he was intoxicated, you know, he was. Like able to, he was responsive. Yeah, he, he, he was could responsive. hold a conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could tell he had some intoxication, but he was not drunk in the sense that he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, like he was able to communicate well, and you know, he opened up about it. He opened about his life. I mean, mm. we we talked to him, and you know, he expected me to be defensive, mm. but I wasn't. Mm. I mean, I wasn't afraid of him. Mm. I was, you know, you always have to be in charge of the conversation, mm. right? There's one thing. As da'is, we need to understand that you need to be the one in charge of where the conversation is going. Mm. They're going to want to take you to a little, like he tried, you know, to go a little this route yeah, and that on. route. And we just kind of close that door and bring him back to the subject. Yeah. And alhamdulillah, as we started talking to him, he started ag agreeing. Mm. We talked about what do you believe? Do you believe Jesus was God? Do you believe in this? And he, and he came in front of you to the belief that there is only one God. There's mm. only one Allah that created us and that's amazing for him to go from mm. you know <laughs> talking about Talibanis I don't know what you call them coming Taliban, in right you know what I mean kind of going a little bit crazy yeah. and he gave up his liquor he gave it yeah. to you he, he, he literally gave it and so. we threw it in the garbage in front of him a bottle of liquor he threw it instead yeah. of like you know because you know people who drink regularly yeah. that that you every drop is that was a good amount was in it yeah yeah, yeah. He threw and it away. He, you told him, got to give it up. And, and he gave it up. We and threw it away. He, he, he agreed with your belief. And um, we were discussing that he would have been willing to give his shahada, but you, no, yeah, was, but you kind of were like, you didn't want right. to rush into it. Was that because he was intoxicated, Sheikh? Like, what are your <sighs> thoughts on that? If a person is intoxicated, should you get the shahada from good, them? Good question. So usually, and you will see in our videos, we, we do try to push people to take the shahada when they're ready because sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has opened that door for them and they're ready and if you don't take advantage of it, shaitan mm. will then try everything to kind of misguide them afterwards. So usually you do want to go for it. But if somebody's intoxicated, I don't go for the shahada because I want mm. the shahada in a state of tahara, in a state of clear mind. Even though he wasn't that drunk, mm. 
because he was able to hold the conversation. Mm. But just because he had that intoxication in his system, I didn't want to push the shahada. Is and there also any like uh, shar or like fitly? Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, somebody who's... Because, you know, for the salah, we know, don't approach the salah and talk. Yeah. But is that same thing with shahada? What are you so saying? In, in the sharia, as yeah. long as the person, person is able to comprehend what they're saying and doing, mm. the shahada is applicable, right? Okay. But if they're so drunk that they are yani, out of mind, then of, mm. they don't know what they're doing. But he was not. Like, you yeah, know? no. Uh, but again... There is the hikmah of, you know, when you bring him into Islam, and inshallah he will mm. uh, take the shahada inshallah today. Um, you want him in, in a very clear present state of mind. Mm. So I told him, look, you know, so when he started talking, he ended up believing in the oneness of Allah. He started to believe, even though earlier he didn't believe in prophets. He didn't even mm. believe Jesus was a prophet, right? But mm. we took him through the ayat of Quran and things where he ended up believing Jesus is a prophet. He ended up believing the Prophet is the last prophet. He agreed to everything. MashaAllah, yes, you, you were excellent yeah. in speaking to him as well. But now you have uh, uh, an issue where I also know that he's going to go back to a very bad environment. Mm. So I really wanted to focus on getting him away from those bad habits, right? Mm. So we talked about his drug use, his gang environment, mm. how he has to leave that environment, how mm. he has to change. And alhamdulillah, surprisingly, he, he took out the bottle, gave it to us, we threw it away, mm. he didn't say anything. Uh, and later on, by the way, when the brothers were driving him home, SubhanAllah, he even had a little scale, the drug dealer yeah, used it to yeah, weigh. Yeah. He threw it out the window. Oh, alhamdulillah. He took out a little pack of the weight things he had. And I didn't know, I don't know if you noticed the Sheikh, but when we went out, because he, I assume he involved, he's involved in some kind of drug dealing, a couple people were approaching him for some deals yeah. and he yeah. shooed them away. Yeah, yeah. He told them to go away. The car that pulled up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? So. Yeah, he's quite involved in the drug trade and yeah. he was open about it and yeah. he you know in the car he had a little scale he tossed it out the window and i was like you gotta be careful some cops gonna see you tossing <laughs> window, right? and uh, he took out a baggie of whatever you know yeah. and he threw it out the window wow, and he nice. even like the vaping stuff that he had i don't know yeah. if he had drugs in or whatever yeah. he threw it out yeah. and, and he was he was very emotional very mm. emotional he mm. was very he opened up a lot mm. and and he was ready for the shahada and inshallah mm. he, he he showed us where he lives he gave us his contact information and uh, today he wants to take a shower get cleaned up and take his shahada mm. and imagine that going from r- r- yelling you know are you guys taliban in a in a way to coming to the shahada in you know what hour two hours I don't know how long wasn't that long right yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's an amazing uh, journey. well we, I think just in the restaurant where there only like maybe an hour yeah you, you know, less than an hour yeah, I think we were there yeah. and then you know uh, and then you told them the the masjid where we will be tonight yeah, and yeah. we actually like even brought it up on his phone yeah, right? we actually when we were taking him home yeah. Allah reward the brother who drove us uh, mm-hmm. any we took him by a masjid that's very close to him mm-hmm. as well to his house, showed him where that is. Mm. And then uh, we he, he wanted to watch the videos, we showed him the channel, mm. we gave him the masjid information where we're gonna be at tonight. And uh, inshallah, inshallah, by the will of Allah subhanahu wa mm. ta'ala, he's gonna go home, clean yeah. up, and then take his shahada tonight. You know, Sheikh, a lot of people are intimidated about giving dawah, mm-hmm. right? But I don't know if you remember what he said to us. Like, we're, we're essentially getting him to completely change his lifestyle. So a lot of times people are like, oh, we don't want to, uh, make people offended because of what Islam teaches mm-hmm. and things like that. So they're very shy about their deen. Keep it in the closet. Keep it <laughs> hidden. You know what I mean? Yeah. Keep it tucked away. But do you know? Do you remember what he said to both of us? 
he said to you, he's like, I, I like you. And he pointed at me and I like you. Yeah. He's like, I like you too. Yeah. And we, what did we do? Yeah. All we were speaking Straight, to him about, yeah. coming to Islam. No, we get this all the time. I mean, yeah. uh, even on the OMF uh, email address, uh, may Allah reward Abu Ibrahim, he, he checks all our emails and stuff. Um, we get messages all the time from Christians, mm. from Jews, from others that are like, hey, I'm a Christian, but I respect the fact that you were straight. Mm. Uh, you were honest. You, 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 mm. Your evidence is... We get all the time, we get, mm. I'm a Christian, uh, but I want to I wanna thank you for being uh, upfront with what you believe, right? Mm. And many, many Christians we get after the debates with people like, you know, David and all those uh, people... Mm that said, you know, I'm a Christian, but I agree the way you handled yourself more mm. than them. Wow. Right? Recently, we had, a, uh, we had a Christian that from the debate with those uh, three new guys that want to waste our time, mm. he said, I'm a Christian, but I'm going to become Muslim just from the fact that you were able to answer all their questions and they wouldn't even answer one of yours. SubhanAllah. Right? So when you're straight up about it, when you're yeah. honest about it, people will respect you more mm. and people will themselves want to come towards Islam just from your mannerisms, mm. right? And, you know, alhamdulillah, one of the things he kept saying also is that he, he felt sincerity in what we were saying to him. Mm. I mean, imagine the kind of things he trusted us with. Yeah, and subhanAllah, I mean, I don't know what drugs are worth out here or anything like that, but whatever he threw out, well, that's you know, money. Even, like, let's say a bag is a couple mm. hundred bucks or whatever, yeah. right? For him to just throw out of a window shows yeah that he's willing to change, mm. you know. SubhanAllah, uh, we hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides him. Mm. And, and, and it made me think of something. Like, like last night mm. when I got back to the hotel, I, I, I was awake thinking through this. Mm. This was just in a, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the qadr, but meaning that we were just by chance in that place, by mm. will of Allah, and just one person walking by. How many people in Canada are going through that? SubhanAllah. How many, and you know, he was from the natives of this mm. land. Um, how many in that community need da'wah? Mm. And how quick was he to accept our da'wah? Wow. Imagine if more Canadians were involved, like you are, may Allah reward you and accept it, and the brothers here in the da'wah scene. Mm. And we're really reaching out into those communities mm. and telling people, hey, we have solutions for you, mm. right? Right now, those communities, and, and many communities in America as well, are, are facing problems with alcoholism, with drug abuse, with, uh, you know, prime mortgage frauds that the government mm. has run on them that mm. has made people homeless and so on. We as Muslims have solutions. Yes. But if we're too busy being closeted Muslim, if we're too busy just apologizing and kissing up and just trying to be liked and whatever that is, then how are we going to present solutions? Yes. If we don't challenge the systems, if we don't challenge people's beliefs, how will we present what we have to offer mm. as a benefit to the country we live in, mm. right? I'm American, you're Canadian, we're a part of this country, or your country, my country, right? We are people who live in these countries, we benefit from many of the uh, comfortable life things that we live in. We, what do we have to offer? Alhamdulillah, you're a doctor, you're doing great work, great, but we also have a, a duty upon us to try to benefit our co-citizens mm. by telling them about Islam, mm. by showing them a lifestyle that would get them away from alcoholism, that would get them away from obesity, from, from you know, eating healthy and not eating pork and things like this, would get them away from uh, heart disease, would get them away from drunk driving, from child abuse and rapes and 
all mental these illness Ill, shit. Mental illness. That's the biggest like trend of today's illnesses. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And when you don't have a purpose in your life, yeah. you don't have meaning to your life. Of course, you're gonna have mental illness, right? So you quick. Uh, I know I've taken a lot of this no, time. No, no, which I'll benefit you. I'm I'm loving yeah. this. Uh, there was a brother. So. It's it's a real long story. I want to summarize yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, subhanAllah, he was a, still, mashallah, I know who he is, we still uh, any somewhat keep in touch. Uh, but he was a professional skater, mm. skateboarder. Now, I was raised around, like I said, Mexican gangs and stuff, so we didn't skateboard, we didn't surf. Mm. Like, I lived in San Diego, I never surfed, right? Mm. We, you know, <laughs> we were more on the lowriders and other kind of stuff, right? So I don't know who he was, but apparently he was famous, you know. Um, one day I saw him at a masjid, and I saw this white guy, you know, wearing some jeans and a t-shirt. And then I thought he was like a revert. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know who he was. Mm -hmm. And I was about to go somewhere for that. And I told him, hey, you want to go with me? And he was like, yeah, I'll go with you. What are you guys doing? Mm -hmm. Kind of explained it. This guy got up and left. We were going to the Bay Area from San Diego. So it's about an eight-hour drive. On the drive over, we started talking to him. Like, hey, how'd you become Muslim? And he was like, I'm not Muslim. Like, hey, you're not, <laughs> you were in the mosque last night? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I just saw you guys and yeah. we were wearing white. Like yeah. I was wearing a white thobe yeah. and, and, and I thought you guys were like angels or something. Like, this is before 9-11, so yeah, yeah. people didn't even know much about Islam. And I just followed you guys and I mm. sat and he's like, I have no idea what the guy was talking about because there was a talk going on in the masjid. He goes, but I felt at peace, you know? And you said you were going on a trip to get to know God better and to introduce people to God and things. I'm all about it. We're like, yeah, but you're not Muslim. What are you? Needs I'm Jewish, right? Yeah. And we had Palestinian brothers in the car. We thought it was about to get hot. You know? So we were like, hey, calm down, guys. Yeah. So we started talking about Islam. Eight-hour drive. Alhamdulillah, mm -hmm. ends up taking Shahada, right? Mashallah. And we were staying in the masjid there. So, and, and I, was, I was young at the time, but I was, I was responsible for the group. And mm. uh, at night, I hear him crying. But not so. like, not like, <laughs> but like, wow. I was like, oh, yeah, Allah, what happened? Like, yeah. Dude just became Muslim today. Did something offend him? Mm. Did somebody, you know, we had some Palestinian brothers and mm. he's Jewish or was Jewish. He had become Muslim. Mm. Maybe they said something that offended him. I don't know. Mm. So I started, I'm like, what's wrong? He's crying. I'm like, what's wrong? And it's late night. And like, what's wrong? Mm. And he's like, Muslims are criminals. You know? I'm like, did somebody steal from him? Like, what yeah. happened? Right? Why? And he's like, man, I just realized you guys have guidance. Mm. He's like, anything that the West produces that has any benefit, we bring it to your country. I can't think about it. Like, mm. you go to any village in, in Afghanistan, you find cell phones. Yeah. You go to a, a, you know, a remote area of Kenya, you'll find uh, internet now, right? You'll find yeah. these things that were developed in the West, yeah. you know? Or movies, movies. All, all this stuff. I mean, yeah. even if you, maybe those things you could say are harmful, right? Yeah. But even beneficial things like yes. solar technology and things like that mm. are being exported to those countries. Mm. Whatever intention the West may have is different, but, but those things are taken. He goes, but you guys have the most, the purpose of life, you know it. Why aren't you taking it to everybody in the West? He said, my parents died, not Muslim, you know? Mm. And, and, and you guys are to blame for it because you didn't talk to him. Mm. And that affected me. You know? so, that has stayed with me. And this yeah. is, I'm talking about, like, again, I said it's pre 9 11, so this is going to be somewhere in the late 90s. Mm. Until today, it, 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 it motivates me. Right? SubhanAllah. So it's an, important, it's an important responsibility upon us as Canadian or American citizens that we bring this message to our co citizens so mm. they can know the purpose of their life.
Mm-hmm. You know, Sheikh, one of the ways, like when we would have volunteer training and dawah training for uh, the volunteers to at the dawah booth, I said, you know, the way that motivates me is I visual like because for a lot of them, it's sometimes disheartening to be rejected, yeah. right? So you're handing out flyers, um, you're trying to get people to come to the booth or the lectures, and it's sometimes a little bit disheartening. I said, you know what? I want you to visualize. For me, when I'm doing that, I visualize the hadith of Rasulullah where he says to the people, "It's like is as if you know somebody made a flame, mm-hmm. and you are all insects, you know, running, running to the flame, and I'm trying to grab all of you and prevent you from going into the fire, and you're slipping through my yeah, fingers." Beautiful hadith. You know what I'm saying? So I say to myself, I'm like, imagine, visualize that hadith when you're handing it out. Mm-hmm. You're you're trying to save these yeah. people from jahannam, like. And if they reject, it's fine. Just keep giving because yeah. even our Rasulullah described it as he's just trying to save. And it's sometimes it's just Some like overwhelming because there's so many people that are slipping through your fingers. True, so true. And that's a very important point. Is sometimes we forget the seriousness of the issue, mm. right? I tell the brothers all the time. I said if you are walking and you see a dog, just a little puppy or a dog, right? Mm. And and somehow you know there's a fire and it got lit on fire. Mm. Right? What would you do? Right, as a human being, you would run to save that dog, right? And you, and that dog might growl at you because it doesn't know what you're doing. But you're still going to try to save it. You're going to try mm-hmm. to put that fire out. You're going to try to, you know, take it to emergency vet, whatever. Even mm-hmm. though it's a dog, but as a Muslim, of course, you have that love for all of the creation of Allah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, look, I got to save this dog from being burnt, you know, being harmed. Mm-hmm. Now, think about a fire that's that's unimaginably worse than the fire of this dunya. That if you were taken out of the fire of the Nar and put in the fire of the dunya, you would feel cool in it. Mm. That's how much worse that fire is. And imagine it being forever. And mm. people are heading towards it. And you have the solution. You feel shy. You feel, oh, they might not like it. Or they might say something rude to me. Mm. Look, you're trying to benefit them. Mm. right? If there's a tsunami coming and you see it and other people don't see it. Mm. You see this 30 foot high tsunami coming. Mm. You're like, oh, you got to get out of here. Yeah. You gotta tell people, and they're like, "I'm trying to enjoy my cappuccino. You're trying yeah. to mess up my flow. What's wrong with you, like, yeah. dude? There's a tsunami coming. Yeah, right? yeah. You're yeah. not just gonna be like, oh, how dare he? You know. Yeah. So this and, is why. And, and then the other excuse people use is, oh, I don't have time <laughs> to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, it's like you're so poor, you're so destitute, you don't even have a minute, an hour to spend for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Like, look. Da'wah is fardul ayn upon us right now. Mm. It's a fardul kifaya on the ummah. It's, it's, an, it's a communal obligation. Mm. But when it's not being fulfilled, it becomes an individual obligation. Allah will question us, subhanahu wa ta'ala, why we didn't fulfill this responsibility. Mm. So if you're not involved in the da'wah, mm. and again, not everybody's going to be on the table, right? Mm. Like some brothers are going to be behind the camera. Some brothers are going to mm. be, some sisters are going to be making... Uh, you know, clips and passing it from the podcast, whatever, whatever way you're maybe involved. But if you're not involved in the da'wah, you're going to be held accountable in front of Allah. Subhanallah. Right? This is, uh, I mean, look at the book. There's a small book called Da'wah by Sheikh Abdul ibn Baz from one of his lectures, actually. And you can read about it. And if ayat of Quran, hadith of Sahihah, this is the hukab. We will be held accountable. Mm. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to really get us to be يعني, mukhlis and sincerely mm. uh, focused on the da'wah and to get our community to wake up, mm. to be involved in this. And this is, people talk about bettering the state of the Muslim community. Imagine if people 
uh, were involved in the dawah, mm-hmm. and from the fruits of that, we had the Muslim population doubling and tripling, not just from people coming from overseas, but from the people accepting Islam. Mm. Some of those are going to be people with government offices. Some of those people are going to be uh, police officers, all this stuff. Imagine the growth of the Muslim community mm. that would come from it. And it's much more than just trying to kiss up to a politician or something, yeah. right? Do you, do you think also like we're undermining some of our own efforts like with some of the behavior and beefs that are going online in the online Taoist sphere? <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course. You know, and uh, first and foremost, as Muslims, we need to look at the bigger picture, mm. right? I'm not saying sell out. Like I'm not mm. saying any that you should give up on your principles. Uh, no doubt. Like we stick to the Quran, we stick mm. to the Sunnah, we stick to the way of the Salaf of this Ummah. We stick to the Aqeedah Sahiha, the Athari, clear Aqeedah. We never sell out on that. Mm. But if you and me are on the same Aqeedah, we have the same beliefs, Alhamdulillah, we're both following the Quran and Sunnah and the way of the Salaf, but we have a disagreement in a fiqh issue, mm. right? Uh, you know, something like, okay, do you want to fold your hands ala sadrihi on the chest or focus uh, suratihi or above the navel or something like that? This is a fiqh issue, right? Now, let's say me and you disagree on that. We can, you don't have, we can sit down and bring adillah, but for me to now not work with you because of a disagreement on a fiqh issue is wrong, right? Mm. Worse than that is if me and you have a personality conflict. I think right? most of it is personality shift. Right? Uh, and, and I'm not going to talk about any individual cases, yeah. uh, but, you know, let's say you rubbed me the wrong way. You just came at me wrong, right? Mm. We need to squash those things and work mm. together for the sake of Allah without ever sacrificing our principles, right? Mm. And many of these things go on. Sometimes they're valid, they're legitimate. Sometimes you do have to refute Mm. somebody Mm. openly, right? Mm. And sometimes you have to weigh the benefits and harms of openly refuting and and privately and discussing with somebody and so on. Mm. And I go through this personally. uh, You know, there are times when certain people who are du'at, or ulama, tullab ilm, have made academic mistakes. I mean, not something that was mm-hmm. a fiqh disagreement. Like, academically, Academic. they quoted something da'if to be sahih or so on. What I, my personal method is, I never go out and make a refutation video. What I do is I reach out. Mashallah. And uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. There is a sheikh uh, in Pakistan that me and him, again, till today have many disagreements and many issues. Uh, but he made a statement. He said that, the second jama'ah was only done once, meaning that if the masjid had already prayed, mm. uh, in the whole time of the aslaf, he said, the salaf, uh, only one time did some sahabi come and somebody else pray a second jama'ah with him. And again, there is khilaf ulema, whether you should make a second jama'ah or not, that's not the mm. issue, but that's academically a mistake. Mm. Because obviously in books of hadith, we have the famous hadith where Rasulullah said, who will give this man sadaqah? But there are other ahadith of Anas ibn Malik, mm-hmm. ibn Mas'ud, and others where they, where they prayed a second jama'ah, right? In the Musanaf ibn Abi Shayba. And, uh, so I knew those ahadith and I saw the mistake, but I, I could have just made a video right there. I could have made mm-hmm. it. I would have caught him. I mean, he was mm-hmm. totally wrong. I didn't. Um, he, he's very famous. I mean, he's much more famous than... I'm not famous, alhamdulillah, but he's famous. So... Mm-hmm. I tried to reach out. I tried to contact his admin and message his email addresses and stuff. He didn't reach back out to me because I'm a nobody. Alhamdulillah, mm. I'm happy with that. Um, and I waited one year. Mm. One year, I tried phone numbers. I tried to contact people in the city where he's at. 
I tried everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And because, you know, who's this guy in San Diego? Who cares? The person has like millions of followers and so on. So he, he did it. And so I made a video. And, and I was respectful. But in the video, I, I scanned the books. I put the pictures of the Hadith books. And I said, all I'm saying is, look, you can hold a fiqh opinion whether it's better or not. But academically, that's just not true. There are other ahadith. And mm. here they are. Here's their authenticity and all of that. Mm. SubhanAllah, right when I posted that video in a few minutes, my brother showed me, it was a comment from him. Yeah. And I, I thought it was a troll. Like, I thought it was yeah. a joke. Yeah, right? yeah. And then it disappeared. So I was like, yeah, it was a troll. Mm. But that day... He got a hold of me. Somehow mm. he saw the video right away mm. and he had commented, but I guess his admin team felt that, you know, like, because he had, he had said, you're right. Mm. And they took that comment off, but he reached out to me and we spoke on the phone. Mm. His name is Mufti Tariq Mas'ud. Mm. And there's a video on the Majdribat channel, you can see where he said, I make ruju. I, I, I accept that what I said is academically wrong. Yes. And then I took our video, it was our number one video at the time for Majdribat, and we took it off. We yeah. didn't care about the views. But I made a video after that, and it's in Urdu because he's from Pakistan. Yes. Saying that, look, we still, me and him still disagree on things. It's not the issue. But I do appreciate the fact that he took his statement back. And he appreciated the fact in how I approached it. Mm. And if we approach it in this way of nasiha, mm. then I think we can solve a lot of these things, right? Many other du'at, and I'm not going to mention their names, in the West, I've, I've seen things from them that were just clear errors. And I reached out to them and took months sometimes. And they reached back out. And alhamdulillah, they cleared up their errors without ever even people knowing that I'm the one that found. Because I don't care about being known as the one. Mm. I want to fix the situation. Mm. And if they fix it that way, then alhamdulillah. Right? Mm. And this is the way we need to try to have nasiha and well-wishing for each other. Subhanallah, this is, this is beautiful what you just mentioned, Sheikh, because I feel it shows a sincere concern for the ind individual, not to show that, hey, I one up this person yeah. or I expose this person, you know? And like, and I think we see the tradition from our salaf, right? You know, uh, there's the incident of Imam Malik where, you know, somebody asked him about the wudu between the toes, putting, you know, mm -hmm. the, you know, cleaning in between the toes and says, oh, you, do, you don't, it's just not part of the sunnah. And then afterwards, his student yeah. said, we have a hadith of this. Yeah. And they recited the hadith proper isnad, and then he changed his opinion. Of course. Right? But, but you know, the, the, the etiquette was that he waited for, the student waited for people to leave. Right. And the way he approached the sheikh, and the sheikh also showed his sincerity. Yeah. And I feel like, because brothers asked me to, he said, how, they, say, they say to me, it's like, you know what? We noticed like, when you say something, sometimes people will take it, and then, mm -hmm. I try to give the same advice. I've, I tried to give the same advice to that brother, but then he's like rejecting it, right? Yeah. I said, brother, you, the first thing you have to do is you have to purify your niya mm -hmm. that you're doing it for concern for that person. Of course. Because you're trying to save them from persisting mm -hmm. in that mistake, and both of you are trying to get closer to the truth, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for ikhlas. And Again, but but you know because of this sheikh I noticed like I don't I don't keep so much of an eye everything goes online, but I noticed with some of these beefs, people respect you like even if you're not involved in this, and they actually respect you enough to like actually suggest you as a moderator. Yeah, we ask Allah. You know, so for, that that shows that yeah. you have that at least that respect because of the conduct that you have established. Alhamdulillah, and we ask Allah to accept it from us and. Uh, many times people respect me even though I'm not deserving of that respect and uh, a lot of brothers are, are very sincere like mm -hmm. mashallah sometimes 
brothers come out there and they make uh, video refutations with a lot of sincerity. Um, and, and, you know, it's always, it's always an issue of what's the best tactic to make mm-hmm. a change. Eh? You know, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in the beautiful hadith, he said, Man ra'a, whoever sees munkaran, mm-hmm. to change it bi yadih, aw bi lisani, aw bi qalbi. And in long hadith, mm-hmm. I'm just summarizing mm-hmm. the mind of hadith, right? He said, whoever sees an evil, change it with your hand. If la if you're not able to, bi lisani, yani with the tongue. If you're unable to, with the heart, right? But, but look at this beautiful hadith. It didn't say to refute it. Mm. Just to refute mm. To change it Sometimes You have to call somebody out to change it mm. But Sometimes The best way to change Is to reach out that person In, in a way that will take down The, the aggressive uh, Defensive attitude yeah, remove right? the possibility of the ego getting there. So, yeah. Imam Abu Hanifa, for example, his student Imam Abu Yusuf, uh, like you give the example of Imam Malik, he had an issue and they were, that they disagreed on, right? Mm-hmm. Imam Abu Hanifa was his teacher. And they took it to the private discussions. They didn't do it in the open halaqat. Six months later, Imam Abu Hanifa came and said, I changed my view to my students. Mm. And that shows his humbleness, you know, yes. uh, the issue of uh, yani, uh, certain types of alcohol being haram, the issue of the adhan timing, the issue of uh, mas'ala jawrabain, many of these issues, Imam Abu Hanifa and his students disagree, mm. right? Imam Abu Hanifa took earlier the view that you cannot make mas'ha wipe except on the leather socks, khuf. Mm. Abu Yusuf and Imam Muhammad al-Shaybani, his two famous students, they took that you can make mas'ha on the jawrab, on the non-leather socks with certain conditions. A few days before his death, and this is, if you look at Jamia Tirmidhi, you can, in, in that bab, you'll find this call as well. Also in Al-Hidayah, the famous Hanafi fiqh book. A few days before his, his death, Imam Abu Hanifa made ruju'ah. For years he held the view. Mm. He repented, he, he went back and he said, you know what, I'm, and he made mas'ha himself. Mm. And he said, I'm doing today what I used to forbid. Because of the evidences, he changed his view mm. to his students. At a later time of his, I mean, imagine an older age and everything, but this is the humbleness of mm. Imam Abu Hanifa, may Allah have mercy upon him, that he changed his view that you can make mas'ha on the socks with certain conditions, of course, right? Mm. And this is the Hanafi madhab today, even though many of the Ahnaf don't follow it, unfortunately. Mm. But that is the humbleness of a, a true teacher, that the etiquette of the student will then bring a change, right? Mm-hmm. And there are many other du'at right now out there that I disagree with a lot of things that they say and do. Yes. And I am in private conversations with them. I'm not going to mention their names. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it, the, they will change their mistakes. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. many of them using things like ilmul kalam and philosophy and things in their da'wah. Mm-hmm. But we give, we, we give da'wah upon the Qur'an and the sunnah. This is the mm-hmm. way of da'wah. Not yeah. to get Aristotle and all that kind of weirdness involved in it. Yeah. Because then, you know, you get caught up. I mean, if you're going to use Aristotle as your base, a lot of things he's going to hold are not going to pan out with Islamic belief. And now mm. you're going to start making ta'wilat of asma and sifat. And mm. we don't do all that. So Yeah. Uh, I think um, because you know, obviously we're more youth intensive within this like you know, the the online ecosphere that's been created. And 
I feel that a lot of the people just haven't had the life experience. You know, as you mentioned, I think it's a lot of its personality and you, don't, you haven't had the life experience. Like, you know, when you have like a family, you have many responsibilities and you're trying to give the dawah, a lot of the other pitter-patter stuff, you don't give it like so much attention. It's like, we're not worth your time. But you know, with some yeah. of these people, they have so much time. It's like, okay, this thing, and they make reaction videos and reaction to reaction, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And <laughs> it's... It's very it, true. I mean, even if you look at a lot of the commenting yeah, online, yeah. sometimes people just have a lot of time on their hands. And yeah. I don't know how, like I'm, yeah. I'm so busy. I mean, yeah. you know, that I, I can't imagine uh, people that just have way too much time on their hands. Yeah. Thing in life, for the young brothers, and yeah. especially that are watching, and yeah. there's two ways to learn something. Mm. One is when somebody gives you nasiha, mm. and one mm. is when life teaches you, mm. right? The intelligent person learns with nasiha, mm. right? If you tell me this is a brick wall, don't bang your head against it, it's gonna hurt you. Mm. And you're a doctor, you're intelligent, I respect you, I'm gonna take your word for it, mm. right? Somebody's gonna be like, nah, I don't know, I, it looks like plastic I to me. I gotta learn to my, for myself. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then you get a big bump yeah. cut on your yeah. head, and then you realize, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> the intelligent person takes nasiha. Yes. The intelligent person learns through advice. Mm. The hard-headed person doesn't learn except through any experiences. But mm. my advice to the youth is to be intelligent. Mm. Right? Don't, don't wait till you go through life-threatening experiences. Don't wait till you get shot at or stabbed to learn that this is a bad lifestyle. Listen to those that have already been through it and have left that lifestyle and, and benefit from that advice. Because mm. right? if you learn yourself, you're going to waste time, effort, might not make it. Mm. People I grew up with, a lot of them dead. They didn't make it past mm. 12, past 14, past 16. Mm. When I was 12, I lost you know uh, an acquaintance at that time I grew up with to the gang world. Mm. Got shot at 12. Imagine, you know, never got to see teenagers. Never got to see what life's about. You know, mm. so you know, we need to learn from these things. And when you look at uh, like dawah, like we talk mm. about the dawah scene. And I'm not talking about any individual. I don't want people to take this the wrong way. Mm. A lot of those YouTube channels aren't really dawah. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, they they may be talking about certain things, but dawah is when you're calling towards something, right? Mm. So a lot of people nowadays, they've never studied sharia. They don't know the basics of aqidah. They don't know uh, the halal and haram of it. But maybe they're funny. Maybe they have mm. some other you know thing that's made them popular, and now people are like he's a dawah guy. Like, not really. <laughs> you know what I, mean, I fear more than that, Sheikh? The hadith of Rasul where you could say something carelessly without even thinking yeah. about it, and you don't think it's a big deal, and it's going to cause you to sink down to the depths of Jahannam. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's yeah, a that's yeah, a scary pretty, hadith. You know, is, when people are like is. generating hours and hours of content. Yeah. Are you ready to make hisab about all that stuff that you said on Yom Qiyamah? Are you ready for scary. that? Scary. Yeah, scary. You know? Allah protect us. Yeah, so. and, and that's why a strong foundation, I mean, Allah reward you guys for the camps that you guys do. The brothers were telling me about mm. the camp of Sunnah and all the good that you guys do uh, to give a strong knowledge base to the students. In San Diego, I mean, the general rule that we have is all of our du'at are tullab ilm mm. and all of our tullab ilm are du'at. So if you have people that are attending the durus, we try to involve them in the da'wah. Mm. 
whether it's da'wah towards the youth and bring them back towards Islam or at the table or whatever, we want them involved taking that knowledge and using it. Mm. And those that are coming to the park and giving da'wah or going on the street and giving da'wah, we want to encourage all of them to also come to the masjid and learn the knowledge, mm. right? Because those two wings have to be together for the da'wah to fly. Yes, you know? yes, If any one of them is missing, and then there's more to it. We need to always be careful yeah. about our akhlaq, our ikhlas, our mannerisms, our sincerity, you know, our own tazkiyah, mm. you know. Sometimes, uh, mashallah, if you have a successful da'wah, people start to overpraise you. you know? yes. and, and you start, you know, you have to be worried about yourself all the time. And that's why I always make a time, whether it's in my day or night, just to sit where nobody, I don't talk to anybody about it, I don't discuss it. It's just between me and Allah to remember my shortcomings, remember my mm. weaknesses, remember my past, remember just to keep myself balanced. You mm. know? I always try to make time you know, alhamdulillah, like uh, I had a podcast earlier that I think the brother has maybe 12 subscribers, mm. you know, and some people are like, why are you wasting your time? I was like, I don't, I don't do podcasts based on how many subscribers you have, mm. right? Somebody reaches out and we can coordinate it. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. What matters mm. to me is the ikhlas, sincerity of the brothers. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. And that's why du'at have to be well-rounded. Yes, yes. Jazama khair, Sheikh, for your time. And I want uh, the viewers to know that, you know, when the Sheikh talks about his past and his stories, it's the real deal. I witnessed it last night because when we came out, the, the restaurant is nice, but at that time, at that evening, the area can get a little bit dangerous. Mm -hmm. And um, I was trying to rush you, the Sheikh, because I'm like, I can't have... Sheikh Uthman shot, uh, you know, he comes to Canada for the first time and it's like Dr. Sayyid gets a Sheikh Uthman shot, right? Like, you know what I mean? So I'm trying to, you know, get you, hustle you in, in, into the vehicle because what happened when we came out, uh, this, you know, gang member who we were giving da'wah to, there's a lot of people coming up on him and some people were very aggressive. I so think some people were trying to shoot him. I yeah, think. yeah. yeah I thought, I literally thought, because the guy had his hand in his yeah, jacket. Yeah, the, and the, not, the first was the car that was trying to buy drugs, drugs from him. Yeah. Then he was like, get out of here. And yeah, then yeah. the other guy that jumped out of a car yeah. with something. A guy jumped out of a car. Yeah. So there's a, I want you to think about this. It's the middle of the night. You know, this car full of guys trying to buy drugs. He shoes them away. This other guy comes out, jumps out of, I don't know if it was a car or a bus. Car yeah. Or yeah. He come, jumps out of nowhere and he's yelling at the guy with, and he's like, and he had his hand in his pocket. Yeah. And I'm trying to get the sheikh like, I'm like, sheikh, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, sheikh. I can't get the sheikh shot here. And sheikh, you were just like standing there like, yeah. you're just, it's okay. You're just standing there like literally like in the line of fire, very cool. And uh, yeah, the, the, it ended up just being like, you know, the guy just went away. Yeah, the guy had some beef with him. The guy was sending me in the car on the yeah. way back. The guy, I guess they were competing drug territories or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was crazy because when I was walking, he was, he was telling me, he goes, you know, I didn't get shot because you were there. Yeah, because the sheikh was you know? <laughs> sheikh was right there. And I think the, because you were there standing, right, right. like I think it intimidated him yeah, because yeah. like you were standing there. It was like you and then the the guy behind you, and I was to the side, yeah, right? Because I was, yeah. I mean, I was with this guy because I yeah. wanted him to yeah. also stay calm. But yeah. I was telling the other guy to come, yeah. and the guy looked at me, yeah, yeah, yeah. walked back out. <laughs> and I was going to talk to him too. Yeah, man. I'm yeah, like, I'll yeah. give that one to both of us. Yeah, I'm not yeah, worried about them. Yeah, mashallah, subhanallah. So. Yeah. So I'm going to give you testimony 
uh, <laughs> Sheikh is the real deal. And he's got nerves of steel, mashallah. Because when we were in that situation where it appeared to be something going down, like it appeared like there was going to be some kind of uh, territorial shooting that was yeah. going to happen. Uh, you know, and the Sheikh was still steadfast in the face of that. So, subhanAllah, um, it's the real deal, uh, you know, brothers and sisters. So, uh, once again, Sheikh, Jazamah Khair, uh, you're part of this week long Dawah project. Inshallah. We want this hopefully to be the first step of, you know, many, inshallah, inshallah. Uh, collaborations we can do for the Khair together. And uh, we ask Allah SWT to bless your family. Um, you and your family with Jannatul Faradaws protect and honor your family and preserve your dignity and everything, you know, inshallah. I just want to say Jazakumullah Khairan, especially Dr. Sayyid himself and also the whole team, uh, Dr. Umar and everybody else, mashallah, uh, Brother Tariq and everybody who's behind the scenes, in front of the scene and everybody else that's involved, Brother Fahad and others uh, in the, in the organization and every MSA and every organ, masjid that's uh, invited us. It's a lot of love, a lot of sincerity, I'm feeling it. And uh, may Allah bless uh, Canada with uh, more du'at like you. So inshallah yeah, in the yeah, future yeah. we can see a very strong presence of Muslims on the Quran and Sunnah standing up and, and being leaders in the community here. Especially for the youth, you gotta get with the brother and uh, you know get involved and uh, inshallah I, you know, I've been to Toronto before, but I've never been to Western Canada. Mm. And I think we're going to be going to Vancouver. It's going to be mm. my first time in Vancouver. And if you're on the list of the places we're going, inshallah, looking forward to seeing all of you there. Inshallah. And uh, once again, uh, really appreciate all the love and sincerity. And all we can say is Jazakumullahu Khairan. Jazakumullahu Khairan. And Sheikh, do you know our sign off? We have a tag. We have a. Uh, hey, what about the coffee? We didn't try the oh, coffee. Oh, we, we're going to try the coffee. Okay, so it's got to be our sign off. Huh? Okay, so you know what? I'm going to give you the coffee. All right. And then I'm going to say the sign off, but I want you then to, to say this. This is how we sign off every episode. Right. I hope this is still warming. Oh, it looks it like looks it. warm. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah, it's warm, I think. If it's not, we're going to warm it for you, inshallah. So this is the coffee. Oh, man, that looks good. So you tell me. Now this is, I grinded the beans this morning. This might be a first for me to drink coffee on camera. Okay. So I've, drink, I've had coffee before, yeah. but usually I'm, I'm drinking tea. Yeah. So I might have had coffee before, I'm not sure. Okay. So this is a special mixture, but it's also freshly grounded beans uh, as well. So that's the key. Yeah, and yeah, there's uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a coffee guy. Or, or, organic uh, mm. raw honey in there too. There's a, it's, it's a special... I love uh, honey. Mix. Special blend. Yeah, yeah. So let's May Allah see. Allah reward you yeah. and your family and bless you and your children. Uh, bismillah. And right. If I die so, from this, then no, no, no. You're gonna, <laughs> inshallah. <laughs> one of the pleasures, one of the halal pleasures of this dunya. How's it? Is it warm or is it still cold? It's warm. It's warm. Okay. I'm not gonna say anything until I take my third sip. Okay. Okay. Gotta All build right. some yeah, suspense. Yeah, yeah. Take your time. Take your time. Savor it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, let the aroma sink in. Uh, it does smell amazing, by uh, the way. Good, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Oh. 
Oh, alhamdulillah. There you go. <laughs> Actually, and it's the really coffee. good. Uh, and the, co- and the surprising, coffee. Surprising, because I usually hate coffee. Uh, yes, but yes. this is really good. Yes. So it's the fresh This is how right? I convert. This is my opening. This is how I convert people to coffee. Ah. Eventually, I'm going to get you to pour over with no sugar, no milk. I don't think so. Just straight. And then you're going to taste, you know, you know how they put <laughs> the bean? Oh, this bean has hint of passion fruit. Right, right, and, right, right. and like... You're gonna See, get to that I'm, level. I'm, I'm the same with tea. I yeah. don't like mango flavored. Yeah. I like straight, like yeah. black tea, yeah. with milk, like the old yeah. school dude pati, as we call yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah. But this is really good. Yeah. Which one did you like better, the Let coffee or the there. tea? The, the, which one did you like? Sure, you want me to answer that? Yeah, I can take it, Sheikh. I the can tea, take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I'm gonna one be step, honest with you. One, right? one, one step. But this is probably one of the best coffees I've ever had. Okay. Right. One of them, mashallah. If not the best. Yeah, if not the best. <laughs> okay. yeah. Not going to exaggerate, but I'm going right. to be honest, yeah. I do like it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, getting me to straight black coffee? Yes. I don't know about that one. If you know me uh, long enough, Sheikh, I'll get you there. I'll <laughs> get you there. I'm going to take a few trips. I'll get you there. <laughs> All right. So, our, 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 our tagline at the end of every episode is we live by the huck, we die by the huck, and just when you think life is stuck, Tune in to Life Hawk. So Allah if Allah. you if you can All right, so do that, yeah, beat us out. We live by the Hawk. We live by the Hawk. We die by the Hawk. We die by the Hawk. And whenever you think you're just stuck, when you think life is just stuck, just when you think life is stuck, tune in to tune life. Tune in to Life's Hawk. Yes, yes. Allah All right. Allah